Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You know, Eric, every Wednesday we are blessed to have one of the most important veteran service organizations in the country. I'm sure the people who are in studio with us now would say the most important, but I'm going to put them right up there, right? If not at the top, right near it. I'm speaking, of course, of the American Legion. And right now, we are being joined by their assistant director for national security, Freddie Dur- I'm sorry, my brain just stopped working. Freddie Gessner, <laughs> who is here live with us on the morning briefing. Freddie, good morning. How are you today? Good morning. Great. Happy to be here. Um, if you just turn just a little bit towards okay, that, it's sure. okay. It's it's the microphones that aren't that sensitive. So, Freddie, uh, before we get into uh, talking everything that we're going to talk on the Legion today, give us a little bit of your background, where you're from, when you joined, what you did, and how you came to be part of the Legion. Okay, thanks for asking. Um, I uh, I am at my I'm in my 17th year in the Air Force. Oh, wow. uh, I did the first eight active duty. Uh, seems feels a little little you know sitting next to two Marines. I know they're judging. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I'm a sailor. All they do is yeah. judge me all day long. You know. <laughs> but yeah, I, I've done uh, nine years at the uh, DC Air National Guard. Oh, cool. Yep. So you 17 years of so are you coming up close on retirement or does the reserve time? Uh, I never understand how that works. It's it's this it's the same uh, tw- 20 year deal. Right. But uh, you know, I I don't know if I'm actually going to do retire at 20, you know. No, you're going to just bro. keep on going. Yeah, hey, it's fun out there. Hey, there you, you know? go. I've heard that about the Air Force, and yeah. I know that you guys have the nicest living accommodations and all that stuff. <laughs> when I was stationed in Iceland, the Air Force, like 932nd ACS, and mm-hmm. the people that worked at uh, uh, an 85th Security Forces Squadron, a bunch of people that were out there, a bunch of units, they got like uh, isolated duty pay. We didn't. We were in the same place. They got that. They had nicer barracks. It was all uh, very uh, frustrating to the young sailors out there. But hey, you know what? They say in the Navy, choose your rate, choose your fate. Same thing goes for choosing your branch of service. And if I could do things over, I'd probably still join the Navy. But the Air Force might have crept up to second on my list, yeah. I think. Yeah, I don't I don't regret that choice. <laughs> I'm sure you don't. And how did you come to be part of the American Legion? I mean, did you first join up as a member or did you first come on as part of their staff? Uh, what was the process for you? Uh, yeah, I, I was a member uh, and just wor- meeting with some of the volunteers, learning about the American Legion more as I was approaching separation from active duty. Uh, someone told me about what they do here in D.C. Uh, and there was an opportunity available. Uh, I applied for it and, and got lucky enough to be brought onto the team. As I mentioned, you are the Deputy Director of National Security. So tell us exactly what does that mean? What does your job entail? I mean, the American Legion, of course, is comprised of veterans of all shapes and all types. Uh, however, not involved directly in national security. So what does being the direct Deputy Director of National Security for a VSO mean? Uh, well, you know, um, we have two headquarters offices, first of all, to, to understand the structure. And, and, and the one here in D.C. is primarily focused on our advocacy, you know, mainly on the Hill. And, uh, for, and for me, it's dealing with a lot with uh, the State Department and the Pentagon. Since uh, national security, we're looking more at, you know, the active duty side of things, right. things like TRICARE that affect uh, the uh, retirees, the, the the veterans, and, and the active duty together. And uh, the, the, the big focus that I'm trying to look at, which is kind of what I'm talking about today, is just quality of life for the troops, 
for the veterans, for the retirees, how to improve it, make sure they're taken care of. That's one of the things I think a lot of people forget is that the VSOs like the Legion, uh, there are plenty of active duty members. I mean, you're still currently serving in the Air Force and you're a member and you work for the Legion. So really, as a deputy national security director, it sounds like uh, you're making sure to advocate for those uh, Legion members who are on the active side, as well as the non-members who are serving in the military, correct? Correct. You got it. Now. There are a couple issues that I know you wanted to talk to about today, so let's get on to those ones before we do anything else. And one is TRICARE. Now, TRICARE has been a hot-button issue. We've talked to numerous organizations about it. There were changes made to TRICARE starting on January 1st of this year. Uh, There were a lot of questions about how the information on those changes were passed out, where surveys sent out by people like the Legion, the VFW, showed that the membership wasn't all that aware of a lot of the changes that were coming towards them that could have an effect on their budget. And we're talking about primarily retirees when it comes to TRICARE, people who are living on a budget. You know, if they don't have a steady income coming in, then they have to budget everything almost down to the dollar. Uh, Where do we stand on TRICARE after those uh, changes have taken place and and what's coming up in the future for TRICARE? Well, you're you're hitting it right on the money. uh, There were a lot of changes that were implemented on January 1st. Uh, There were more brought in on on February 1st. And, and and it's not even finished. We found out just yesterday uh, in a meeting with them that there's going to be even more coming later this year. We're going to see it huh. with uh, and it, and like you said, it most this is mostly directed at uh, retirees. Uh, you're not going to see much changes as far as any kind of copays or costs for active duty. Uh, but for retirees, yeah, they the, they sent letters out supposedly to all of the uh, the beneficiaries with the changes. And we're getting a lot of calls from our membership that they were not aware of these changes. And so we're, we're what, I, what I want to do today is just if, if you're a member of TRICARE or if you're enrolled in TRICARE and you're not getting these letters or if you are, you know, please look them over because there's there's going to be changes coming in. And one of the biggest that I want to make sure I don't miss, I'll hit it right away, is that there's going to be an open enrollment this year. Oh, it's yeah. going to begin, uh, I believe, November 12th through December 10th. That's your window. Uh, to get enrolled, uh, there's gonna they're transitioning from uh, to a new federal as they call it a Fed Fed VIP Federal Dental and Vision uh, Insurance Plan. So and if, and if you if you're not sure if you haven't used your Tricare benefits this this year yet, double check. Go to go to Tricare's uh, website. And make sure you're enrolled. Make the call. They got uh, a bunch of call centers set up right now, and they're and they with and they're you can expect no more than a five minute wait time. That's what we're told. So it's not that bad. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they're, they're trying to help make sure everybody gets properly enrolled. When we talk about the changes that took place starting on January 1st, as you said, there were some on February that also kicked in. And now we just find out more coming later this year. One of them was an increase in co-pays, which seemed to be the biggest uh, issue that was angering people. Because, again, they're living on a budget. So an increase of $20 to me may not seem like a big deal because I'm on salary at a job. I got If you're living on retiree pay, a pension from the military, which, I mean, we can talk to many people. I mean, we can talk to our friends from the uh, American Legion who retired retiree pay unless you made it up to you know that that flag officer general officer status yeah. it's not really uh, a, a ton of money that you're living off of and you have to budget how you're going to live very carefully when it comes to these changes that you just learned of coming up later in the year is there anything that may affect the pocketbooks and wallets of our retirees and military families well i i, w- I wish i had the answer to that the the rates are actually going to come out in october for the for the upcoming changes and when do those changes take place uh, January, uh, January 1st, 2019. 
See, they're not given a lot of time there. Yeah. Between October and January, Eric, you're a Marine. You guys are real good at counting and all that stuff. So from October <laughs> to January, I mean, how do you? does that seem to you like long enough to give people to understand what might affect their budget for uh, the, the, the entire upcoming year? No, if they're Marines, for sure, no. <laughs> we need more time. No, I think I definitely think they need to put a little bit longer window there. I mean, that's. A lot of decisions to be making, especially, you know, yeah. And when people seem to not be aware of it, and again, yeah. they talk about sending out these letters, and I think that is, uh, people will say, well, why are they sending out letters? Just send an email. You got to remember our retirees, some of them still don't have email, and they still do communicate largely by, you know, snail mail, as we might call it. Uh, however... I got so much junk mail from the VA telling me about things like, oh, hey, we're having a barbecue for disabled. Well, okay, I don't qualify for this barbecue. I eventually just started throwing out half of the stuff that I got from them without opening it because they were sending me spam, basically. Like, hey, have you heard about this program? Yeah, I've heard about it. I don't qualify for it. Why am I going to open mail from you if everything I open is something that doesn't apply to me and something that doesn't make any difference to me? Do you think that could be part of the difference that they're sending out too many mailers to people that people are basically just throwing? Throwing stuff out before they even open it. I, I would say that's very likely. I mean, even even myself, who's studying this, researching it, trying to you know stay as much far ahead of this as I can, just to, to make people aware, go through all the boilerplate, and, like you mentioned, just pages and pages and pages of information to figure out what exactly we I need to know. Someone else needs to know. Just it's it's. I imagine it's very difficult for someone who's not who's just you know completely layman to these to all this information to be able to decipher it. Perhaps uh, a, a front page, a cover page, just stating the, the highlights of what you need to know. Here's the cost. Here's the dates would be much more helpful. And, right. and then give them all the... Uh and with the lawyer pages afterwards. Many of our retirees, some of them receive health at VA hospitals. Some of them are at civilian hospitals. I mean, that's the way TRICARE works. And when I said VA before, I really should have specifically said TRICARE because I know a lot of people that have also told me the same thing, that they get these mailers from TRICARE all the time. And 99 out of 100 of them seem to be like, hey, there's this new cool thing that, you know, that, that doesn't apply to them. It's not about any specific change to their rates or to their co-pays or everything. Um, maybe a streamlining is, is in order. And then, of course, for the ones that do receive the care uh, at the VA, putting up a lot of signage, letting them know at the point of contact. I mean, is that something that you think is even a valid possibility, putting up that kind of signage at point of contact, considering a lot of them don't use uh, VA medical facilities? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I would, I'd say the best option, best way to go about it, with, with because there's so many changes that have n a complete new way of doing TRICARE is yeah. just do it every way. Mm -hmm. Use every possible avenue, social media, text, emails, mailings, whatever you can, because, uh, you know, one of the, one of the big ones that I'm, that I'm getting a lot of calls on and trying to help people figure out is, uh, again, if you, if a lot of guys who are receiving their, uh, prescriptions in a 30, uh, a 90 day supply by mail, this, this used to not have any fee to it. Now they're paying $7 per prescription for this. Some really? Guys, some guys are getting hit with a hundred dollar bill for this. Huh. And like you said, you're living, you're living on a military retirement paycheck. That's a huge hit. And but you know this is free if you're if you can get to a military or a Tricare pharmacy. But if you're living out in some rural area, maybe you did live near a base, it closed. Well, now you're just out of luck. So we're trying to figure out a way to to help these guys. Maybe there's uh, a possibility of maybe changing that. Maybe there could be a waiver to help these guys out because it just seems kind of unfair that if you don't have access to a military installation. Yeah. Why have to pay? Yeah, and really, you know that that's that's another one of those things where sometimes when. 
uh, any organization, government, uh, financial, civilian, whatever, they'll talk about like, well, you know, there's this minor rate hike, but then there will be other things that are thrown in there like, mm-hmm. oh, by the way, you're going to have to pay $7 for every prescription mailed to you, which used to be free. Uh, when I got out, I had some insomnia issues that I was dealing with, and I had to go to the VA. They gave me a prescription for these sleeping pills, took them for a little while, seemed to straighten everything out. Uh, I didn't have to pay for those to be delivered, but they also wouldn't let me go to a pharmacy to pick them up. So if you're not giving me the option of picking them up at the pharmacy and you're forcing me to have them mailed to me and then you're also forcing me to pay to have them mailed, it just doesn't seem to make a lot of sense to me. And that's been kind of the the issue that's come up with a lot of TRICARE where a lot of the recipients of TRICARE, because I'm not on TRICARE, so honestly my opinion on it doesn't really matter all that much. But the people I've talked to who are, they talk about how they, they just see things happening that don't make a lot of sense to them and see a lot of changes happening all of a sudden after years of not having any major changes. Why do you think it is that all of a sudden these massive changes are coming to TRICARE after years of, of basically a, a stasis in, in the, the status of the program? Yeah, I, I, that could be. that's likely what you're seeing with the uh – political climate mm. where uh when you have a congress and you know they're trying to you know cut costs in, in a lot of areas uh and we've seen it uh in, where they're trying to like basically reduce cost of these things but you're seeing it also in benefits of the military where subsidies such as you know military commissaries they're mandating that they find ways to cut billions of dollars that instead of where congress is doing it without but trying to do it without affecting you know the patrons cost yeah. to it to maintain that benefit so this is just going across the board, and and then Tricare is unfortunately one of the areas where they're seeing they're, you're going to see these rake heights, and it's just unfortunate. It absolutely is, and we're speaking with Freddie Gessner. Freddie is the Deputy Director of National Security for the American Legion. We're also joined by our special guest co-host Eric Mitchell, former Marine and currently founder and CEO of Life Flip Media out there on the West Coast in town for the Hillvets 100 Gala and joining us here on the show today live in studio. Now, Eric, neither you nor I, the other Navy Eric in the room, uh, neither of us retired. I did 13 years. You did how many years in the Corps? Uh, total, including reserves, 10. 10 Which years I feel total. bad having another Marine in the room. Like 17. <laughs> yeah. We've got a so retired like, gunny yeah, standing yeah. off I'm to like, the side. He's all like, all oh, the smoke oh, in the room is 10 made. years, tough guy. Yeah, huh? All right. So you used to be able to shop at the commissary. I used to be able to shop at the commissary. And when I had that option, it was a fantastic option. You would find better prices oftentimes. I mean, you'd shop around. You'd want to shop around. But typically, because of the way that DECA works, uh, they would be able to get you better deals on everything. Uh, it was a great great option for you to have to be able to go they didn't maybe didn't have something that you were looking for but if they did it was usually a pretty good deal now i understand there are some issues going on with the commissary right now freddie what can you tell us about what's going on over at the uh you know the base grocery store essentially yeah and uh there's gonna be again like i was talking about tricare there's there's huge changes coming to the commissaries this year uh and and it's already it's been rolled out since last year when they began the the pilot programs for this And, and it all comes down to the, uh, they're willing to reduce the government subsidies for the, for the commissaries to keep mm. them open, and they're not. And it, at the uh, price point, savings for veterans will not be decreased. And the, one of the issues that well, I'm trying to advocate for on behalf of the commissaries is the great benefit, right? But they're not getting as much patrons as they need to justify it. So the commissaries are going. Deca's going through a, a lot of uh, improvements where they're trying to compete with outside uh, grocery stores trying to add in their own uh, store brand, right? which you'll see in Freedom Choice. They've got hundreds of items now on the shelves. Now, we already know you can't beat the prices on a lot of items like meats. It, it's worth it to go on base. 
But now they're they're trying to make it worth that extra drive to go drive past your local grocery store, right. get to the commissaries, use them. And you're putting your money back into the military, back in the base, MWR, and you're keeping the commissaries open. And, and, and that's what I just want to make, if nothing else, make people aware of that. Give them another chance. If, if for some reason you were turned off or if it's just not worth the extra commute, it really is. And you're, you're saving a very value, valuable benefit to your service members. You know, there are there's one place where you can get meat at, a, at a just about as good a deal or better deal. And that's like a place like a Costco or a big box store like that. However, there's also like a $160 annual membership to Costco to be able to do that. Commissary doesn't have that. Now, here's the thing. And we've talked about this with several people. When you talk about the commissary having fewer patrons than they used to, I see a pretty good answer for that. And I see it in the fact that I live pretty close to Fort Meade and I would enjoy going to the commissary at Fort Meade, someplace I haven't been in God, 10 years probably was the last time I was on Fort Meade. Uh, do you foresee any possibility, like they just did with AFES and the NEX and Marine Corps Exchange, Coast Guard Exchange, of opening up commissary benefits to the honorably discharged veteran community? Perfect question. Uh, yeah, actually, actually, right now, there's currently a bill uh, in Congress where it was, and we're going to add to this, it's, it's currently going to authorize purple heart recipients okay. to go on base. But we're advocating for a, an improved one that, that when it if we can get it support we need, which we think we do, it will also add uh, uh, all veterans to it, disabled veterans and their caregivers. So this could be a huge population of veterans to get on base and and, and use the benefit. Yeah, it absolutely could be. Although that's when they talk about giving a benefit like that to the Purple yeah. Heart recipients. There's going to be someone out there who makes a mistake of saying, oh, those lucky sons of guns. And then you'll have to look at them <laughs> yeah. and go, lucky, the yeah. Purple Heart recipient? Okay, yeah. well, not lucky. That's not what I meant. But uh, it's certainly a great benefit and something that do you see that looking at the disabled veterans and their caregivers and looking at the Purple Heart recipients, if that program works and if it's successful and if they don't have any issues with it, with allowing base access to people that maybe didn't have base access before, we're not talking about obviously those who are medically retired can still get to the commissary. Mm -hmm. um, do you see that as possibly opening the door for a larger program that may incorporate more veterans and having someone uh, like me being able to go on base and, and do my shopping at the commissary? Well, I uh, like I said, it, it'll be any any disabled veteran uh, mm -hmm. is what we're hopeful is what we're advocating for zero percent to a hundred in addition to the Purple Heart uh, recipients and and, and the uh, caregivers and um, so so yeah I, I'd like okay to then see I more. would qualify <laughs> you, then you, you would qualify yeah, yeah I'm, I'm above then, zero then, percent then, disability that's so, what we're hoping yeah. for yeah we'd like to see that added to the uh, change put in the NDAA uh, we're we're also looking at um. God, I lost there. Sorry. It happens to me almost every day, and I do this for a living, so Freddie, don't feel yeah. bad about it. We're speaking with Freddie Gessner. He is the Deputy Director of National Security for the American Legion, talking about some big issues, including TRICARE and the commissary. One way that we've talked about the possibility of extending those TRICARE benefits, or sorry, those uh, commissary benefits to the veteran community is... Uh, somewhat similar to what AFES and uh, and the Navy Exchange and the Marine Corps Exchange did, which is it's on online only shopping for all honorably discharged veterans. You get verified and then you can log on and shop at their website. And you may think, well, that doesn't work for a commissary. Not true. Like the grocery store up where I grew up, Stop and Shop, they have a service called Peapod where they do food delivery. Now, could that be uh, economically beneficial for the commissary? I don't know. They'd have to look at it. But uh, do you know if they're actually looking at anything like that or if the commissaries in any place do actually have like a food delivery service? Right now, it's a test program. They got it at three commissaries. And uh, it's it's a it's another one of those uh, 
new technologies where they're they should they're, and they're and we're, we're advocating for it we're saying it's a great idea we think right. we should do it if, if outside grocery stores are doing it and that's what people want that's what it's all really all about whatever your patrons are asking for try to give it to them and if the outside civilian grocery stores are looking to do that it's got to be making them money they don't do things that lose money you exactly know? so you would think it would be one of those uh, benefits out there so that's one thing i never thought as someone who didn't retire who only did 13 years on active duty i never thought i'd have access to the exchange again but now i have it eric did his 10 years in the marine corps you now have access to the exchange i mean it's it's a nice thing to have we wrote a story on it on our website about how it's not always the best deal the exchange shopping but it's another option where you can shop around you can say hey this is how much it is on amazon how much is it on the afis or the nex website and i actually did some research and found some things that were less expensive at the exchange than they are even on amazon a company that for whatever reason, is often happy to operate at a loss uh, annually and, and lose money on some products in order to get a larger market share. Uh, it, it's certainly an interesting thing, and I'll be interested to see what the commissary system in DECA decides to do with that. And, and how easy was it for you as, as a veteran to get into the online shopping? Oh, it was it was simple. I mean, it was, I'll, I'll tell you this, if, if only the VA and their ID card that they came up with for right. veterans operated as simply as the NEX thing did, I basically, all I had to do to get access to that, uh, uh, the NEX and AFES things, went to one website, put in my social security number. It may have even just been my last four, my date of service, like EAOS. I can't remember if it was my date of enlistment. It was one of the two. And as long as that information was correct, it verified me in the system and said, there you go. Now create a password and username. Five minutes after I logged on to that site, I was able to log on to the AFES thing and do my story while price comparing and interestingly found that there were some price differences even between the Navy Exchange and AFES where they weren't always the same and they had different options. There's a pair of Nikes that that NEX had in one color and the AFES had in another color and things like that. So, I mean, it was easy. It was easy. And if only programs for veterans and retirees were as easy as that boy what a world it would be <laughs> you know that's how i kind of look at it yeah. freddie when we look uh, beyond those two issues what are some other things on your radar that may not be at the forefront of what the legion is focusing on now but some things that you see coming up as we progress through 2018 well you know the, the biggest thing we're 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 getting ready to get you we're getting into the nda process right mm. now and for the, for 2019 and there's just it's going to be a ton of issues that we're 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 diving into there and of course, the omnibus spending bill, which went through last week, uh, funds most of the NDAA yep. uh, items, so that's that was a big thing because people said, "Hey, where's this money going to come from?" Omnibus spending bills where the money's apparently going to come from uh, when it comes to that spending bill, of course, we've heard. Uh, from numerous VSOs about uh, some some misgivings they had about some yeah. programs that were left out, but there are some positives as well. There are some good things that were included in that omnibus spending bill. Overall, as the Deputy National Security Director of the Legion, of course, you focus more on what's affecting our active duty military and the members of the Legion who are serving there. How do you view that uh, that spending bill? Do you see it as a net positive for the military and veteran uh, community? I, I think overall it's a positive. I mean, we're seeing a we're seeing the spending. The main thing is you know when you see the the budget increase for the military. The other part of it is that's not necessarily talked about as much is the spending caps, and we're always advocating for those to be lifted, hopefully repealed, right. so that DoD can do what they what they need to do for their mission without having those restrictions as they do their appropriations throughout the year, and also just give them a budget, give them a guaranteed budget. It's so hard for DoD to operate not knowing if they're going to have the money to continue. I mean, one of the issues where I, I put a lot of work into is the POWMI issue. You got these guys who they send these excavation teams over to places like Vietnam 
And then they, right in the middle of the mission, you know, they're concerned that they're not going to have funding next week. So what do they have to do? How much does it cost to pack them up and bring them back home and then redeploy them again? It doesn't make sense when we're trying to, when you're at the same time, you're mandating that they increase the number of identifications each year. Yeah. And we've talked to uh, the organizations within the government and outside that are working to do that and to identify our missing in action, um, POW, MIA. But as we found out from them and talking to them, uh, despite what the Chuck Norris movies might have told you, there don't appear to be any American prisoners of war still <laughs> remaining in Southeast Asia. Uh, Freddie Gessner, Deputy National Security Director of the American Legion, we want to thank you so much for joining us. If people want to find out more about the Legion and about where they stand on national security issues, where do they go to find out about that? StarWithLegion.org. Come to our website at uh, Legion.org if you want to hear more about national security. It's, it's Legion.org slash security. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.